What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Go Long Podcast, fueled by our good friends at Fatty Beer Company in Western New York. Drinking a little Alexander Keith IPA myself, Jim, but Topo that's neither Chico here nor there. Tyler, Topo Chico for me. Topo Chico. Okay. Let's get right into it, Jim. And I'm going to, this is one of those shows where I'm going to say a few words and then just get the hell out of the way. Like when we had Josh Lucas on, who you knew from your days with New Orleans Saints, we have a very special guest. Man, I've been pumped about this for the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Dave Bowler. NFL, college football, XFL, UFL, you've been everywhere, you've seen everything, you've got stories for days, but Jim, I'm going to let you introduce Dave because you know him very, very well from the scouting trail. Yeah, Tyler, you're right. This is a show tonight where hopefully we don't have to do much of the speaking. Our our, our views on the Super Bowl have been documented. We're good. We got to get Dave Bowler on who, Tyler, the one thing we have in common, neither one of us has ever missed on a player. It's unbelievable. We both have never missed on a player, but Tyler, seriously though, I always think about when you look up, if you looked up a definition of a scout and Dave Bowler is what you would see and want to read about. I, there isn't a player coach probably playing in the NFL or in college football right now that he probably has a story about or has a connection to that Kevin Bacon, six ways you're connected that you could do this with Dave Bowler and every person in the NFL. So it is my honor to have Dave join the Go Long podcast tonight. Dave, how you doing out West? Good. Thanks, Jimmy. Glad to be here, you guys. This is awesome, man. <laughs> I think I don't know if anybody remembers me. That's what's scary. But anyways, I appreciate the intro. So, Dave, we the reason I really you came to mind, we talk a lot. We still stay in touch. Um, number one is we got to tell – my favorite story, Tyler, with Dave Bowler is – we had we worked together in the AAF, which not a lot of people remember, maybe, but it was it was quick. But we had the first pick of the draft. And who did we take? Dave Bowler. Who did we select? Well, you know what we're lucky? He's still playing, isn't he? Oh. Well, get into that. Why yeah, get into that. But who did we select? Uh Josh Johnson. You know, it yes, was the, yeah, and I don't think if if the you know what's funny is by the <laughs> way, Jimmy's nickname was Trader Jim. When when Jim came on, he uh he he was our wheeler dealer, you know, so we were good fit. And when did we go back, Jim? What year did we meet at the Eagles? That was we were all Eagles. That was like two thousand one to two thousand like twenty one. Then, yeah, think about that. <laughs> that was a good. Hey, yeah. hey Dave, uh, <laughs> I know one thing, Tyler. Back then, I thought I knew everything. No. I thought well, I knew everything. We we learned. <laughs> we remember, Mark Cross taught us everything, according to him. So, that's it. anyways, uh, yeah. You know, it's funny about Josh. That's Jimmy. Jimmy, when once he got on board, went over to Mike's house, and uh, he had to give him all his quarterback rankings. I don't think Mike ever wanted to coach Josh. They they just didn't mesh when they met. And you know, Josh is a East Bay guy. Uh, what's his uh, cousin's name? The running back from Cal. Uh, Oh yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. So yeah, you know, yeah. Marshawn Lynch scared the heck out of me on his on his workout day. But when you meet him, he's a good dude. But Josh is really smart. Owns his own company. You know, just has a little bit. You know, you know, um, East Bay type stuff. You know, and uh, I think Mike had a little struggle. But then we're ready to go. And what week before the season? Two weeks. The Redskins take him, and we're done. So. We, and that was it, Tyler. It was like, a, you know, just like we talk about quarterbacks, everything. That's all we ever talk about, Dave, on this show is about yeah. quarterbacks. And Josh Johnson, 
you know, it was proven to be the right pick. He couldn't get out of the NFL. I mean, he kept yeah. he kept bouncing. Good for him too. Yeah, I think he's played for eight teams, and you know, he's he's backing he's up. Still- he's the third. He's the third behind Purdy. So I'll still text him about about, about Brock, and he's still going. So. So let's 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 go let's get right into it, Dave, because it's Super Bowl week. We're fired up. Everybody's excited. The Purdy the Purdy story has been all year long. Dave, for me, it took watching the tape and it sparked me when I kept watching it. And I'm like, holy shit! I haven't watched a quarterback like throw with this anticipation and accuracy since I felt like I was watching Breeze with the Saints when I worked there. And it hit me. I'm like, I remember the way you talked about Breeze back when I was a rookie scout in the NFL. And Michael Vick was the first pick of the draft, and Breeze was the first pick of the second round, I believe. Correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. You're right. Now that we'll get into that, how that how that just can sway your mind. But with Purdy, Dave, where where did it start with you with Purdy? As far how far back do you go with knowing about him? And did you recruit him? I didn't know your years like that. Yeah, um, it's funny because even when I. Uh was itching to get back to college football. I'd always come out and watch these quarterbacks throw. There's a couple gurus in town. And I had friends. They'd say, come watch my son throw, and he's throwing on Saturday when I was in town. And, you know, you're in the NFL now. Now, when I started at Louisville, I couldn't do that legally. You know what I'm saying? But you go to the park. They're they're there working on the park free. Anyways, uh, Brock's dad and me met a long time ago, but he was 14 when uh, uh, another former player said, hey, uh, Adam Brass said, hey, you got to look at this kid. He's going to be special. And then Larry Marmee's grandson played there at the same high school. So I, I saw Brock play his sophomore year and junior year, and that's when it kind of clicked. I mean, there was eight quarterbacks that year that were getting recruited. Um, Jack Plummer, Tyler Slow. Slow went to Oregon. Plummer went to uh, Purdue. Uh, the kid that went to Oklahoma. It was just at um, South Carolina. Flip. Uh, oh, Spencer yeah, yeah. Ratliff. Spencer Ratliff. Got MVP of the and it's funny, yeah. Brock's in his second year in the NFL, and all these other guys took six years. Dave, that is, that is crazy. I, that's a, I just got done watching Rats, you know, watching yeah. him on tape. Yeah. I did not know <laughs> they're yeah. the same. So, so, so you can see why Brock, according to Gurus, is down because all the other guys had more height, weight, and speed. You know what I mean? Right. right. But, but when you rock Brock play – he played against Chandler High and Hamilton, which are the two best programs now in Arizona, and went toe to toe. He's the player of the year, his junior year, had as good as year the senior year too. And uh, I sent my quarterback coach out to work him out, and he had fell on a cactus that weekend on his thumb, so it was all swelled up, so he couldn't throw. So I'm like, I'm all in on him, and I says, Hey, can you come to camp? So it's going to senior year. He comes out to Cuse. And uh, he he lit it up. I mean, there's no doubt. And, and you know, we get done, and Dino goes, I don't think he's tall enough, Dave. And I said, Coach, he's 6'1". I said, Breeze broke that barrier at six foot on the button. And, they, and that's the reason I think Drew went to the second round. People were scared of the height. Now you got Russell Wilson's of the world, Kyler Murray's, you know. But, I mean, you never saw it. But he goes, Dave, he's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen and and the kid to be honest he's such the parents have raised him so well he's crying in the back of my car when we don't offer him. you know the offer is there but you got to consummate it with the head coach and the quarterback coach and uh so I sent him to Louisville to Ronnie Fouch who's at Arkansas now 
was like my assistant plus the graduate assistant who, who helped teach Lamar Jackson football. I said, Ronnie, you got to have Bobby look at this kid. This kid can play. Bobby doesn't give him the doesn't get over to where he's throwing, give him the time of day. Boom, they're back in Arizona. And the only advice I gave uh, Mr. Purdy was I go, you know, they had UNLV. I got him on with uh, Jeff Showed at Montana State, who a friend of mine, their best friends. I said, Jeff, this kid is, you know, he will light it up. And so I said, uh, I told his dad, don't sign on early signing day. It was the first year of early signing. And I said, it's going to be funny because Jimmy's recruiting Dave and I'm recruiting Dave from another school. And guess what? Only one of us are going to win. So after Jan, after December 15th, there's about 15 schools. He got Alabama, A&M, Central Florida. Within a week, he had 20 offers and he had, the guy hadn't changed. That's what's so funny. I still no more games no more games no more games no all-stars no combines and you know he he didn't know what to do and and it's kind of cool that's the kind of guy Brock is Iowa State was one of the first that gave him love and you know he he didn't need he wasn't scared of A&M or Alabama but he wanted to create an environment a culture a winning culture and that's that's why they're gonna love him you know I mean Iowa State you know, his brother, no, don't go there. You don't ever want to follow those shoes. You know what I mean? So oh. it, it was a cool story. But as Jimmy said on the Drew Brees thing, at my age, you get scared to come here. But that's, you know, growing up and uh, I was scouting in Indiana at the time and I saw Drew play a lot. That's what I thought. I saw the quick feet, the anticipation, as Jimmy said, the the accuracy. And then, you know, no, he's not a true dual threat. But if you remember Drew, especially even late in his career, he could move those chains when he got in trouble. And he, old, he would. He was underrated. He could sneak around and oh, get, yeah. somehow get six or seven yards yeah. that you need. And he knew he knows when to get down, not to get hurt. And that and that, that was Brock, you know. But Dave, talk about when you have a Breeze at Purdue. What was the talent like around Breeze at Purdue compared oh. to the talent that Purdy had at Iowa State? Because I showed you that stat that I I looked up there. Yeah. That I actually yeah. did on my own. I sent it to you. We never talked about this before. That, I just, that, that yeah. was a, uh, I remember laughing when you sent it to me, but going back thinking about that, because many times I saw like they won a little bit bigger than Iowa State. I can't say uh, Matt Light was a tackle one year. He was, he snuck in the first round, but they didn't, they had a couple tight ends, had no receivers, <laughs> no running backs. It really was a system, Joe Tiller, you know. When Tiller got there, they oh, went yeah. from nothing, and I love Jim Cleddle, their running offense, and bam. But, you know, what? I'll give you a quick one on Drew, and Jimmy might remember this. John Goler, who's not with us anymore, we go down. He goes, hey, come on. So we're going to go down and watch some senior free agents that didn't go to the combine. Three, three or four guys, nothing big. And Drew's in the weight room lifting, so it's his junior year. And the dude comes out in the indoor every time we're doing a drill and clapping them on. Just, just the classiest guy. That was the first time I ever met him. And I go in, and now we're doing the bench, and he's right there cheering on his guys. And I said, uh, hey, and the whole and, and Goler asked me, he goes, what do you think? I said, it's going to be the height will get him, if anything. You know what I mean? Because my guy before that was the dude from Iowa State, um, gosh, Seneca Wallace. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, I yeah, compared yeah. to Vic a little bit, same deal. Seneca was 5'10". But anyways, I go look at Drew. This is a true story. I said, Hey, do you want to get on the height? Yeah, height, you know, doing the height and weight. You want to get on the chart? And he goes, "My pro day is not for two weeks. I still might grow." And just smiled at me. He knew. 
he he knew what was going down with him. You know what I mean? And you know, he just smiled. And goes, that was the funniest comment, though. I still might grow. So I look at my Super Bowl ring once a day. Just- I would too, man. You're my idol because I never got one. <laughs> Yeah, he no. I'm the, our idols all should be Drew Brees. That's and you I know what? What a, what a man! You know, like Jimmy said. I mean, Jimmy got to be around him more than me, but it's like, guy, he was only six foot on the button. But as a person, the same thing. The success never affected him. Just like Brock, you know, they're they're, they're similar that way. So then, Dave, this is what I always talk about on the show, and I see it with Purdy and Brees had this, um, as you know, but. It's the rest of the team when they know that quarterback is preparing and is going to do everything right to win that game. Every other player raises their level. Yeah. And that's what they do. People, it, it's not about necessarily, I'm tired of the whole Cam Newton thing with, the, I, well, I don't want to talk about that, but just because you're not the physical specimen doesn't mean that you aren't the toughest, baddest, most respected player on that team. No, I agree. You you agree? Know, I, I was yeah. blessed. I got to be with Lamar Jackson a couple of years and being around Brock, but they're they're athletically different, but cut them same old. They're winners, they're leaders. Yes. And, and you know, I love when the 49ers like uh, Kittles interviewed or even the uh, McCaffrey, and they say the first time he stepped on the field, they knew these guys are, you know, talking system and Shanahan, and Shanahan's a great coach, but everybody forgets what <clears throat> Montana didn't. Oh, I forgot. He didn't have Jerry Rice or Roger Craig back out with him, did he? So, you know, it's like what it is, you know, the guy is – that's what kills me is Jimmy and me I have, a, I have a good mutual friend, Mike McCartney, and Mike's an agent now. He was with – and I asked Mike to represent Brock. And she's not going to cost you money. I wanted him with a good agent. And, you know, they're looking at him. They look him up in their little books, which I thought he'd go in the fourth round, to be honest. He went – you know, everybody knows Mr. Level. And, and, and nothing is Mike, Mike just – you know, they don't want to spend their – waste their money. And, you know, Mike hits me a couple months ago, man, were you ever right? No, I mean, but what's funny is all the guy's done is won everywhere he's been, just like Drew Brees. If you're going to produce in high school and college, what makes you don't think you can't produce at the next level? I I don't get that. Dave, can you just like bioblast us real quick for people who don't really know? You know, (laughs) it is might take a while, right? But like, where's where you've been and what kind of led you to? You know, you've bounced around so much. uh, uh, to be honest, I, I never wanted to be a coach. I started at ASU. Uh, Daryl Rogers saw something in me. I wasn't good enough to play like you two studs. I was like a student manager to him. Basically, I would drive Daryl to wherever he needed to go, you know, as a student, but it paid my tuition and books. And one day they go, it's like, I don't know, December 12th, and everybody's off campus, and we got a punter coming in. And they give me 100 bucks for the weekend to show them around, 100 bucks for dinner, and they call that recruiting. I said, I kind of like this stuff, man. This is what I want to do. So that got me on my path. I didn't know you had to evaluate and rank kids. And anyway, so I went on to ASU and I got to work with uh, um, John Cooper, uh, Larry Marmese, like my father, Bruce Snyder. And, you know, at that time in my life, you know, now I'm getting to be about 30 and uh, I'm seeing scoutings coming in. They used to be old retired coaches. Now it's a little younger crowd. I'm thinking, People goes, hey, you need to check that out. So I went to Tampa Bay, and uh, Tim Ruskell, I remember coming home from training camp and telling my wife, I said, I don't know if I can do this, because it was two weeks. Now guys just go on the road. It was two weeks of, what'd you see here? What'd you do this play? And I'm like, guessing, you know? I didn't know that was lower strength or upper strength, you know, whatever. And uh, But anyways, it, it was good training. And finally, how I met Jimmy, this guy named John Goler had seen me on the road, and I happened to work out two kids 
It was a freak deal. Yeah, I, I think I'm a hard worker. I worked him out on a Sunday because it was the only time I could get down to Eastern Kentucky. And Roy Kidd was the head coach at the time, a friend. Well, one of the kids pulled a muscle. So John goes there on Monday. Who worked these guys out on Sunday? And heard Dave Bowler. So he kind of started watching me. And when he got the Eagles job, he goes, hey, I want you to be my West Coast scout. Well, my wife had the for sale sign out. Boom, we're gone. And that's how I met Jimmy. And we had some great years. Uh, they, the, the whole group of us. Uh, and John is a good evaluator and hard to work for, but it even – it made me get better. And Tom Odrak, one of the probably most underrated GMs ever. Jimmy, Mark Ross, there's a lot of talent in that room. Mike McCartney, and we built a hell of a roster, yeah, all of us. And uh, it, it got said we didn't get to see all the fruits. We never got to see that Super Bowl, and that, that's sad. But then from there, we all kind of spread out. And I went to the Rams uh, to do pro work. The department never came out. Then I went to the the Lions, and I did pro work, and I, there's something about an 0-16 season that can hurt your career. And uh, from then, I uh, was out for a year, went back to the Jets, but I had missed college football. Now you saw how recruiting departments were becoming more like the NFL. So Bobby Petrino and me had been friends for a lot of years, and he goes, hey, can you come to Louisville? And I, shoot, I mean, I hadn't been there in 10 years. I just jumped in the car and was there, and Great couple years. And then Dino Baber's a friend. He got to Syracuse. Hey, can you come up and help? And I, I went there sight unseen. I've never been on Syracuse's campus. They, when we were at the Eagles, it was always Jimmy and Mark going to those. They wouldn't let me go east. They didn't want me to get corrupted or they thought I'd get lost. No, but, you thought <laughs> the northeast was, uh, what did you say, so, uh, angry. No, uh, yeah. salty. Salty, salty. Yeah, that's what you see. But, you know, I've never seen those skyscrapers you got there. But anyways, uh, I would have never, and it, it was good because me and Jimmy hooked up again, but, you know, the uh, AF started and they kept calling and it was a three-year contract. You know, not it's like a general manager, like Jimmy got to taste at Buffalo, but it was picking our own team. And uh, and uh, so, you know, but I, I I thought, I believed in that three years, else I would have never left Hughes. Now I've been on yeah. the springboard circuit for three years, so. That's and you enjoy it? With the Battle Hawks? Yes. Yeah. Battle Hawks. And uh, I was with the, you know, I got, there's another, you know, besides Mike Martz, we had a great staff, uh, Anthony Beck, who's my head coach. Yeah. Now was Jimmy Meese tied in and yeah. Jimmy saw the same thing. I saw him a, a really smart organized coach and he's done a heck of a job. Uh, Eric Allen was our defensive back coach. Uh, Larry Marmi at 75 was our defensive coordinator. And of course the, the fastest or what do you call it? The fastest show on turf, Mike Martz. And uh, it was fun. It was crazy, wasn't it, Jim? But it was fun. Man, it was it was fun. It, it, it was one of the most unique. Can't even believe we got to experience yeah. something like that, really. Think, See, when you look back on it. Yeah, I think Jimmy and me got fired every other day. So it, was, it just depends how practice went. I can remember Mike Martz coming in, shutting the door. It was just the three of us. And at, looking at the two of us and saying, who's responsible for these receivers that we have on this team right now? And I'm sta- we're just staring at each other. Well, you, it's a, t- you know, it was training camp. It was training yeah, camp. Well, we know who's responsible. The two of us. Yeah, I think Jimmy had to so trade out. Yeah, I, I think Mike Martz. I don't know how. I don't know how happy he was on. That. I know this about him though, Dave. What I noticed on that offense with Mike Martz in, in the AAF, and I know it rang true back in St. Louis too when you guys had your glory run. But we had guys open all the time down the field. But our quarterbacks got destroyed in the AAF. 
And I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm just saying, but I could see the con- the concepts that he had, you know, that you always it's, heard about. It's that seven yard drop. It even killed Warner. You know, you just don't see it much. And even in the NFL, it's hard, but hardly get, well, what? As what Berkovich, the first game is like the show everybody That's seen the most famous play from that league. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jimmy had to change out four wideouts in one night. And believe it or not, I don't know how he did it. He got two or three were coming off practice squads. So we, we, the roster we went from bam to bam. We looked respectable, better and respectable. So, hey, so Dave, all right, let's get back to, uh, I want to hear more about a little bit about Lamar Jackson and your, your years with him at Louisville. What was your involvement at the time? Was he there when you got there? It, I was getting there when we were finished recruiting. And, and the deal with Lamar is when I watched him, it was, you, you knew it was special, but it was the thing was, uh, did it, it's just like Brock. I thought Brock's been, does anybody think, you know, you're going to be the MVP of the league or Heisman Trophy. I, I've never been. That was special. But the thing about Lamar was how did someone question kind of like height that he couldn't play quarterback just because you saw the flash plays from Pop Warner High School. But that's all Bobby did, stayed the course. And and Lamar Thomas was the area recruiter in Miami, did a great job. Uh, Lamar had a good relationship with him and most quietest kid in the world, but competitor, unbelievable. I mean, you'd go in and like on doing a campus visit, you go up to the rec center and there's some guy dunking. I'm like, dude, don't be playing basketball. You know, we got spring ball in a month. But uh, that was why why we got him. We were the only school that really said, yeah, we're going to give you that fair chance at quarterback. And you know what's funny? We walked out the practice field, I think, day two. And it was like, everyone was like, Really? There's no question. I mean, you know, it. he had a lot to learn and, you know, polish up, but it was no question the guy could play quarterback. And all he did to walk in, he goes, hey, I want seven. I said, that's Reggie Bonifant. And he started at quarterback the year before as a freshman and beat Notre Dame. Because that's my number. But you know what? He took eight, never said a word. He was respectful, but, you know, he knew, he knew his time would come. So. It's unbelievable with Lamar Jackson. I can just remember watching some of those Louisville games thinking, of course the NFL will tank for this guy. Of course he'll be a high base. I don't don't care that it looks different than anything we've really ever seen. He's obliterating these defenses. It's just, God, why why do you? What put him on the map was probably your guy's game. I mean, as a freshman, I mean, that one where he jumped over the player. Right. He threw for 550. It was some abnormal home. It was 500 yards, but it would have been another 100. We had three or four open drops because everybody's sweating in the dome. It was in September. And at night, right, Carrier Dome, but the Carrier oh. Air Conditioning Company doesn't. Yeah. It's not exactly I mean, making it cool in there. I, I mean, the, the thing, the funny thing, too, is, is as you heard me and Jimmy talk about Mark Ross, Mark happened to be down at the Chick-fil-A game, and I'm on the field, and I go, you see that guy there? And we're pointing to eight. I said, he's going to be special. Again, how do you know it's going to be a Brock Purdy or Heisman Trophy? And the best thing is the first play of the game is a reverse, and he throws a pick. Yeah. So his first pass was an interception in his college career. But uh, nothing, nothing bothers Lamar. He, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it was fun to be around. I don't think he ever thought he was out of a game. He could take hard coaching. He, he was a great teammate, you know, led by probably – led by his action more than words, but towards the end, you could see him getting vocal. And I see him on TV now. It's pretty impressive. Like you get what he say, the one game, his last game, they won to get in the championship game. He goes, huh? 
I couldn't repeat those words, what were said, you know, they weren't right or something, but he's good. Where, where are you at with him? Like, after, did you, what'd you think of that game? The Baltimore game? Uh, you know, I, I have to give your man uh, McDermott or uh, no Spags credit because they got after him. Now I don't know why Lamar didn't run more that game. I think that would have helped, but you know, it just, I wish I would have loved to see him just because the chiefs have been in it all the time. I'd love to see in a Raven 49er game. That would have been pretty cool. But, uh, you know, I just, the detractors, like we talk about Lamar. I mean, when he came out, same deal as Brock Purdy, not good enough. How many people didn't think Lamar could play quarterback? And I said, look at his career percentage. It was 59, which yeah, you wish it was 60 to 65, but he was in a vertical offense. Bobby's vertical is not that dink and dunk bubble screen stuff. You know, we, we, we go downtown. And when you throw 34 touchdowns and five picks and you think you're inaccurate, I, I don't, I don't get that, you know, and, and run for another thousand. It's like, it's special, you know what I mean? And, you know, I wish he wouldn't run as much either. And I think he's getting better with that, but you know, th- there were so many people that didn't look how many teams passed on it. It was crazy. The Ravens they, did. Yeah. Yeah. Got back in. They were at least smart. I talk about that probably once a a month episode. I, I still, nobody talks enough about that. They did not draft Lamar. Like you would think if you valued a quarterback, you're running to the table to get Lamar. Yeah. They were, they must've been, they mu- nobody really comes out and says it, but they were scared about something. Something. I think everybody was the same, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it was, you know, Jim knows coach Harbaugh like I do. And I sent him a note and what's his name was the, um, who was our uh, uh, Andy's buddy, our OC at one year, um, head coach of the Lions we had? Marty Morningway was the quarterback coach that year. And I sent him both notes, and uh, all, all John said, yeah, you know, after the minicap, oh, he's better than even even we thought, you know what I mean, once he got him there. so Did you see, what about, like, with Donovan McNabb did, <clears throat> coming out of Syracuse when you were scouting with Philly compared with Lamar? Was it similar in terms of how they could just dominate a league? Yeah, I, I <laughs> wish, uh, you know, because where Lamar was at, you guys got to see him more. But I saw him play, I think, against Michigan. Um, yeah, he could take over a game, you know, and with his legs or his arm. But was it, were there con- but were there concerns like Lamar for Donovan? You know, it was. Uh, I know. I know between me and uh, yeah, I think learning was always going to be a concern. You know, especially yeah. Bobby's offense. But like I said, what, what coach was so good, and you know, you're hoping he's ready to start, and he only started maybe three games as a true fresh, but he played in almost every one. But you know, Ronnie met with him every hour or every morning for an hour extra just to get him up to speed, and you know. Auburn game, we we fall behind, and I remember Gary McGee, the OC at the time, with Bobby, and go, okay, you're starting the second half. If your first reason out there, run, and and you know what, we have two more minutes left of the clock. We come back and beat them, so it, we just ran out of time. So it was crazy. He he pulled it off. Auburn has. I've never seen a game that he's been out of. So hey, Auburn has a national championship based on that. If that first reason out there, run it. They do. They do. Uh, honestly, I mean, as much as we all want Lamar Jackson to operate from the pocket in the playoffs, Why? I'm watching that Chiefs game, and I'm he seemed hesitant. Like, yeah, when do I, I run? When do I not run? run? Yeah. You just want to say, the, go, just be you. Yeah, the weather was good. I, I don't get it, man. And the one, you know, when you saw the one replay, he actually had twice as much time as some of the other, and he was running. You know, I don't get it. You know, 
like I said, the, until he wins it, his critics will always be there. That's sad, you know? It's tough. You, when I rewatched that game and, and the next day, just to, he didn't play as bad as initially it seemed. Yeah. I mean, Zay Flowers, come on, let, let's be, cha- you got to be a champion. You, if you want to be a yeah. champion, you got to play, you know, and act like yeah. one of all the cliches. It's true. He didn't throw it the best his first half. He was like no. just throwing guys, his but whole- he was just missing and they were long balls, you know what I mean? But uh, I didn't like the way they came out. They just looked, they didn't look like the way the Chiefs came out and just were rattling off plays. Boom, boom, boom. Baltimore's, Baltimore's defense didn't help him. I no, mean, you know, not but like, like you know, someone said you hold Mahomes to 16, you should win. But, you know, that the, I didn't see that dominating defense ever. I thought Kansas City's defense dominated that game. So, go back to your what? So, where were you when you kind of developed this relationship with the Purdies again? I was always, you know, I always come back home and, and that's Arizona and, state, right? Arizona. Yeah. State, yeah. 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 Okay. My years, you know, I went to Arizona state then worked there till 95. Um, but even just always coming home and I love Arizona high school football and, and it kills me today, you know, when people are recruiting and, you know, I'd love to get a dress, you know, you hear about it and I'm like, I think they think I'm too old or cause of my gray hair, but kids, kids, they're young men. They'll relate to you as long as you're true. And, you know, with our NFL background, I have tried to encourage Jimmy to go with the college way. We know how to get people league, and they crave that stuff. Yeah, now there's NIL money, but when you say, hey, I know the path to get you there, that's what those kids want. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get you a college degree, but boom, I'm going to help you get to the NFL. Trust me, I know how to do that. And and Brock was so grounded, though. He just, I, I mean, come on, for an Arizona kid, he was ready to come to Syracuse and didn't care about nothing. That's incredible that yeah. he was oh, devastated. You know, and I'm going through it right now, guys. You talk about Purdy fever, people jump on the wagon and podcast or news, you know, every day there's something to paper. It's funny, it in Arizona with all of our traditions, you know, Danny White's of the world, Mike Pagels, I'm going to throw names out, that grew up in Arizona, Fitzpatrick. This is the first guy who started at quarterback ever that came from Arizona. So that's huge for this state, you know. You know, he didn't win a Heisman, but, you know, you know, it's uh, so that that's cool. But I don't know. Uh, you know, he was he's just uh, it was just lo- probably a lot from people who saw him grow up and Queen Creek's a different area. It's a newer area in Arizona, new high schools. And uh, I know a lot of those coaches they said, hey, man, this guy's special. And he was. But like I said, there was probably five quarterbacks rated ahead of him that year. That's all division one offers. Yeah. And he turned out the best. It's crazy. When did you realize he was special? Like you, you yourself with your scouting eye, was there a moment? Yeah, like man. Jimmy talked about. I thought he reminded me of Drew Brees, and I didn't get to see Drew Brees in high school, but real similar. And you know, you're looking at the the way he played. You know, he could use his legs, smart, that poise. Everybody talks about that it factor. I don't think you know that they got it to you around them. You know, and uh, to see it every day, well, that to me, I mean, he, he just really handled himself I mean you look at him now he looks like a 19 year old to me you know what I mean uh, when he gets interviewed but he hasn't changed but uh you know very calm poised the stage was never too big for the kid you know so not good enough for Syracuse though yeah not it, it, good enough the best one was guys I don't know if you caught coach Edwards on ESPN saying oh yeah we recruited him but he went to Iowa well you got both those little wrong. They never recruited him, and he went to Iowa State. 
So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hilarious. And, and when I didn't get him, L, L. Luganbill was doing the recruiting. Tommy's dad, who was my first Stevens quarter, I told coach, I said, you need to look at this guy, man. You shouldn't let him get out of the state. He can play. But, you know, it's me and, you know, where's all these other schools at not offering him? And I think the quarterback coach at ASU at the time, like, nah, not, he's not big enough. You know, so I know Coach Luganville liked him, but they, you know, it usually takes more than one person to get that thing hammered home, just like it hurt me, you know. So that's what Dino Babers thought too, just not yeah, big enough. You know, um, you know, and I love Dino. We got a great relationship. That one we didn't agree on. Yeah, said you know, I, I said he's six one. I, I remember saying it over and over to him, and, and then you know, a year later, two years later, I'm back on campus for a game. And he goes, you're, you were right about Purdy, but I'd still take DeVito. And I like Tommy DeVito. But I'm like, no, don't do that to me, you know? So, anyways. You should so, give so, him a call now. Yeah, exactly. So, still rolling glad, with DeVito. I'm glad to see Tommy have some success this year. Yeah, Good I was going to say, yeah. He was, <laughs> you know. It's amazing. I just, I, I love those stories because I think a lot of people, like Herm, try to rewrite history a little bit, right? Like just now, now everybody's in the Super Bowl. Everything's a big celebration. Well, let's, let's remember how it really was yeah, at that point. Know, and, you know, I'm sitting there. I went back to ASU a year ago when, when we didn't know the XFL was going to go again. And I was brought there to clean up the mess. Well, he's still the head coach. And, you know, the Chubba Purdy thing, that's Brock's little brother, not to get sideways, but Chubb is coming off. And I even told Dino then. I said, this kid is probably not his brother, but he's bigger. He's got a more live arm, and he is a dual threat. This is the guy you could see zone reading with at 6'2". And, and, and he started the last three games this year at Nebraska. He outruns everybody for 70 yards with a pull and groin. So he's a 4'6 guy, where his brother's a 4'8 guy. His brother just has that, you know, knack of getting – anyways. So Herm, they they the kid goes over one time on an unofficial visit. So there was an article written the other day in the paper about how they hard they recruited him. And I said, wait a minute. I did someone, you know, I said, I didn't say who I was. I says, when you're recruiting a person hard, you go to his school and, and do a campus visit. You see him throw at a game. You have him at many unofficial visits, basketball games or football, junior days, whatever, home visits. I said, this kid came on ASU's campus once on his own. Never got a phone call from anybody. And two weeks before the kids announcing, and he went to Florida State, I called up ASU and said, a Zoom call or a call from you guys, this kid doesn't want to leave the state. He really wanted to play at ASU. Quote, we've done all the talking we have. We're done talking to Chubba Purdy. There was never a phone call to him once. The talking was when he was in the building. And that's where you're like, really? And, you know, how do you say that crap? So. Man. Yeah. So the, the that's why we have family, you here, man. That's why we have you here. Bring the Arizona, truth. But both schools, both U of A and ASU screwed up on both kids because they both should have never left, you know. Everybody's got to cover their ass, right? Get get yeah. your story straight. Get it straight. Oh, and, and it kills me. Like I said, I don't want to I don't want everybody to say, Oh yeah, Dave was right. You know, I'm i like Jimmy said, we've all had our misses, but I feel always pretty good about certain positions, and you just gotta be careful, like like who is the highest grade on McNabb? I, I don't lie. I like McNabb. I had Achilles Smith right there too, but I know I had Cade McNabb in the fourth round, 
And I'll stay by that to this day. But, you know, there's different factors why guys fail. But you knew there's no reason Brock with with the way you get the whole nine yards. When you do the character, when you do the you see everything he is, you know, it's just there's no way he was going to not he wasn't going to fail at the college level. You know, now, did I think he'd be a starting quarterback his second year? I did tell many coaches and GMs, I said, this kid, if he can't start, he'll be a greatest backup you ever had, you know, that, that type. But, but, you know, you, you, why shouldn't he start? You know, you just don't lose like how many rookies do you hand the keys from day one, you know? So that's the one thing that gets lost in this Purdy story is this is his first full-time season. Like I, crazy. I, I just feel like it, that we usually go crazy on a, you know, any a rookie yeah. we go, Oh, like CJ Stroud. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we went over the top on him, and rightfully so, the way he played this year. But it's not, year. That, it's not that off from. God, does he look like a young one too? When you see him play, oh it's, my god, it's Dave. It's like it's yeah. it's. Yeah, but you, they but you know what, what? Ryan Leaf didn't win a damn game. I think Peyton did. I, I mean, Troy, all yeah. of them. I mean, and and you know, so this guy had a little bit surrounding cast, but for him to come in, and it's not like they were just handing the ball off to get out of the game, you know, so. Dave, what about – wait, we have to bring up one quarterback that we talked – Tyler has a good history with, Aaron Rodgers. Where did you have him coming out with Alex Smith that whole draft? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. And we just talked about this. Because I had Clay Welch, not to go off, a guy who played at Syracuse when Tommy got hurt. Should have played a lot more. Clay's from the same town, same Juco, broke Aaron's records, and I get him, no one's recruited Clay. I was freaking nature. I had a friend just I, I use friends. If Jimmy said, go look at this, I looked. We needed a guy to back up Dungy just in case Eric got another kind of sell. He's ready to go. And we still played, you know, the, the fifth year senior instead of going with Clay. But Clay got to play a lot at Cuse and got a degree. But he just walked in the house the other night. And we started laughing. And I said, this is my Aaron Rodgers. But <laughs> I had Aaron behind Alex. None of them should have been one. Like Alex was one. He was really like, I don't, I'm not saying Aaron should have been 20, whatever he went, but you know how you get pushed up if there's none. They were the only two, but I did have Alex ahead of Aaron just because he was running that Utah offense. And I think he ran, you'd have to check me. It was over 800 yards his junior year. And, and you know, his high school tailback was, um, oh, what's your Saints back from SC? Reggie? Yeah, Reggie Bush was his high school running back. How about that at Helix High School? Anyways, I loved Alex Smith, but that running part, I'm like, damn. And then when you watched Rodgers, he never ran. I don't even Mm -hmm. remember scrambles like you see in the league. And he's a hell of an athlete. So that was probably my only difference, you know. And and we had left the Eagles at this time, and I remember getting called out in the meeting, and the one scout goes, oh, he's assistant guy. And I went, and Tommy Chang ain't? You, You know what I mean? He was coming out of Hawaii. And they're killing me for having a first-round grade on Alex Smith, you know. And you know what? For the longest time, he's one of those guys you're watching like, oh, shit, maybe I was a little high. But you know what? He came back and went through. Andy got to KC. I feel a lot better about life. So, <laughs> But you know what? You never saw him running the NFL. Yeah. You, I hardly ever. And then you see Aaron running, getting first downs like Brett Favre almost, you know. So He ran against those Saints, though, in the divisional round of the playoffs for uh... – Pretty big play, Jim. Sorry about That's that. Right. I mean, we, that is all time gross loss. Yeah. yeah. Can you a- go back though to '99. So you were in the room. I'm guessing when the Eagles 
and Andy Reid and all you guys take take, take McNabb. I mean, was yeah. it slam dunked? No doubt about it. This is the guy, or or were there some strong voices for yeah, a Kate McNown? No, um, you know, Andy had just came in the building, and I remember John teasing. He goes, "Hey, you want to what do you call it? National Change Your Grade Day, Jimmy?" And he goes, "You want to." change that grade you know when you're a scout you don't do the whole country you don't know what's everywhere and john goes dude Cade mcnown's going in one i'm like wow the only discussion with really i think everybody was in agreement i would say Achilles was second on their board but not there was never that much talk it was always him it was if you're going to take the running back that was the pressure oh really well yeah yeah and and to be honest if you remember we had Edron ahead of him. No one's ever going to believe that because, you know, John made me go back and look at, oh, you could do it on play-by-plays, how many fumbles and how many fumbles lost Ricky had. And it was a lot. Hands were real small, and he was a weird dude. But Edron was a little different, too, coming from the Glades in Miami, you know, and they both were on their visits. It was it was different, you know. But uh, it was always McNabb, and I think uh, – you know, they, you know, Tom Modrak did a great job making sure the quarterback coach and the OC and Andy, everybody felt comfortable. And I think he was a unanimous pick. I don't remember, you know, and I'm sure they didn't, you know, tell us because it's supposed to be such a secret to two days before, oh, it is going to be McNabb. But it was, you know, I never, I, I, I remember me and Mark and probably Jimmy, we just, there was never where you said, oh, shit, they're going to go running back. No, we never felt that. And And trust me. We got pelted for taking it. It was abusive. So, and I, I mean, we all him. remember it. We, we all, remember, you we, know. we warned Donovan he's going to get booed. I mean, the mayor gave out our number 800 number and had fans calling in to tie, tie up our numbers about you're stupid if you don't take take the running back. It was crazy. What's the reaction like <laughs> in, in, in that room if you're around you, people in like? Felt- you feel sorry for the kid on his biggest day and he's getting booed. Welcome to the city of brotherly love, you know? <laughs> but, you know, uh, that's another kid. As, as Jim, the character, pretty impeccable. Leadership, you know, has that it. Leader, you know, what can you say? I mean, just a great guy, you know? And to handle that, that's huge. So, yeah, we got lucky. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's really, it's, it's really, you gotta be lucky. And he was there at the right time, you know? Dave, is there a, a true freshman that you can remember as a college true freshman? When you saw him, you're like, he doesn't need to be here much longer. Like physically he needs to, he's ready to play. Like, yeah, it, it be, out of a lot of positions, but it had to be eight. You know, I'm just asking about anybody in general. No, but Lamar, you you knew you just, you just, just right away when he got it. Yeah, it, it, the arm was special. I mean, the arm's a damn cannon. You know, and every they kill him on his accuracy. I never had a problem with the accuracy at all. Uh, but but the the things I remember, we we played the bowl game against A uh, and M, and it was one of the best halves of football I've ever seen. And I, I remember I, I looked at him. He can't teach this shit. And I said. He will be on the cover at US Today by week four. He'll be in the Heisman Hump. And it was week two the next year. And I remember Bobby telling me after the game, we're just talking. And I said, what, what, what was the deal? Why was the first half? Did you pull off? Did you pull? Because we were beating the crap out of him. And all of a sudden, we let him get close, you know? He goes, no, I didn't pull nothing off. He goes, Lamar 
is really good at staying attentive for a half, and then he kind of loses focus, and and that's where the maturity and the grown-up part came the next year, you know, to glue in on a whole half and had that great first half, second half, he thinks he can just be in high school and let it go. Ain't happening with what, you know, what was the guy's name, the uh, Miles, the defense end for the Browns, chasing his ass around the field. So, yeah. You know, Jair, Alex- Jair Alexander and him on that same team, you could see, I would never thought Jair was going to go ahead of him, but you could see Jair being special too as a freshman. I didn't know how tough he was. And then year two, he proved that to me. Special player too, but I didn't know how physical he was going to be. And, you know, he like talked a little bit, man, the smack, but he more sophomore year, but he backed it up for as small as he is. He'd come up and buzzsaw you now. So, yeah, one he of my favorite talk. ever. Yeah. I think the best comparison I've heard for Jair Alexander is Sean Avery. Remember the hockey player yeah. for the Rangers? Yeah. Just a gnat, just pissing oh. you off. You hate to play against him. Was it was that Jair Alexander? Yeah, yeah, and, and what he what he did with that coin toss didn't make sense because Ross called me on it when he went out for that coin toss and he wasn't supposed to be out there in overtime. Right. But him and his roommate, um, Jimmy Smith's son, Trey, they roomed together at Louisville, and they would put on one TikTok time, just, you know, the things on the inter- on Instagram of them dancing or doing something in their apartment. And one day, Jair's doing his own, how you get from campus to your apartment without getting wet, without an umbrella. Just, they, they were just comedians, man. I mean, they were hilarious. So, yeah, special guys, man. How much do you love this, Dave? I mean, like, you've been around for for years and years. I mean, how do you balance? I, I, we talk about this a lot, too. And I remember asking Joe Shane this last year when for, for that story. Like, I'm fascinated by the work-life balance of somebody yeah. that's a scout. Like, how in the hell do you do it all? I think what keeps me going is, you know, like, like, like when you had Andre Schmidt, the kicker from Syracuse, you know, there, there's my first garage, but no one has still got to talk to his mother every week. And I've been gone for how long, but it's those relationships, you know what I mean? And you're kind of stuck, you know, Jawar Jordan's come out of Louisville. His mother calls me coach to this day and they're not calling the Louisville coach. And I, I got to explain that I can't help him all the time. You know what I mean? But it's that type of stuff, you know, Clay Welch showing up at your doorstep, you know, or seeing the Lamar Jackson, you know, on TV and Brock. That's cool. And, you know, you have those relationships with the guys forever. And I just, I just, I wish we'd go back to where the money wasn't such a big deal because it made it a lot more fun. You know, now you're paying kids way too much money and then they, they don't play and they transfer, you know, and everybody thinks the portal's good. Well, most of the guys are in that for a reason, you know, because they weren't good enough or they can't start where they're at. And just there's just no continuity, you know, and it, it's sad. But I crave it because I, I want to be I, – I don't want to – I want to compete with the best. And and this this doing the XFL and UFL being great, making your own team, it's, it's very rewarding. But, yeah. you know, I want to go hey, – why – I'll go fine. Like I wanted to go to Vanderbilt two years ago when I interviewed. I said – I'll find you a cutler. That that's where I, I I get excited about. I'm gonna find the guy that is under the radar, and all of a sudden, you know, after two years, they're gonna want to pay him a million bucks. Not that guy, like no, no offense, Don Riolo, whose dad's a friend of ours, you know, who's getting money before his junior year. You know, those types. I I like that part. You know, um, yeah. you're always the underdog, but man, you know, and, and Coach Stoops told me that when I worked with him, he goes. 
Dave, you're at Oklahoma. You just got another set of problems. It's different than Louisville, but you're going to have other Preds problems. And I get it. But, uh, you know, I see uh, it's it's gone a lot younger. I had someone tell me the other day about recruiting and, you know, being a grinder on the phone. And I said, you know, recruiting, you got to, that's just, there's evaluators and there's recruiters. I feel I'm good at both, but, you know, there's a way to talk to people on the phone and get them to trust you. Um, the parents, you know, the kids, when you have them on campus, and knowing you're not a bullshitter, you know, and I have that gift, I think, and it, it's it's sincere, you know what I mean? I mean, I care about it, and I think I can help make a difference or help them, and that's part of what was the part of college football I loved. It's probably why I'm I still wonder if, you know, if, if good people, good coaches are going to be leaving college football in droves soon. I mean, you're starting to see it a little bit just because they don't like where this NIL stuff's going. Yeah. You've got, you know, obviously – Saban, but uh, even Jeff Halfley, right? At Boston yeah, yeah. College, I, I he takes the D.C. job with Green Bay. Yeah, three or four years ago, I was thinking, you know, like I talked to Jimmy about it and, you know, about, hey, there's no, I don't like the general manager title in college, but, hey, go get it. And, and that's what it's going to. But three years ago, you saw it, it was going the right way, and it was probably a lot of the coaching jobs might be better besides the recruiting a little longer, but they're just – they pay as much as the NFL and not more. They're doing personnel departments, but now when this thing hit, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would, I could see, like you're saying, why mess with this crap? I think something's going to change. the The presidents will get together and they'll put some. They're going to have to put a salary cap on it, and it's just like our league. If you don't want to play for fifty five hundred dollars, don't play. Go to Canada. You know, no one can say, "Oh man, no." That's the, that's what we got to offer. And I think when the college presidents come up with something, you know, hey, you don't have to play college football unless you're going to play for this. And and that needs to happen sooner than later, but we'll see. What do you got, Jim? No, I mean, I, it, we could go hey, on for days. I mean, on. it's like. I, let me give you one more quick one. Jimmy, Jimmy might remember this one. This might be my all-time best. Um, I'm sitting here at ASU in 93, and we had just signed Jake. And again, kind of like a Lamar Jack. Jake Plummer. I'm going to fit some yeah, time. Okay, I'm sorry, Jake Plummer. Last names. Hey, that it. was that was Hugh Jackson, Bruce Snyder, Don Bakke, Dave Bolt. Uh, it just it almost takes a village to recruit some of these guys. But I'll say this again: Jake was third on our list, but that was the first time I ever had a quarterback camp, and that was Bobby Petrino's idea. We had a hundred quarterbacks, but guess what? We forgot to have receivers, so we got quarterbacks. Guess it. So that I learned something that first year. We we're going to have a quarterback come. They're making a receiver camp too. But anyways, that's how we found Jake. And David Fila went to Notre Dame and the other kid went to Cal. That's the only reason we got Jake Plum. Unanswered prayers. But the, ne the next year, Jake plays as a freshman. Joey Germain is at my high school, kind of like a same thing as a, as, as a Brock Purdy. He's a junior going to be a senior. He's playing at my high school. Ran, he ran a veer. Threw for 1,200, ran for 800, returned punts, free safety. I have Rod Marinelli me go watch him. And I've already offered the fullback linebacker. He's the state player of the year. And I lost him to BYU because he was, he was LDS and the mom killed me. But anyway, so I don't like losing. But anyway, so Marinelli's with me. He goes, Dave, this kid's pretty good. I said, Coach, he's a winner. And I said, if he washes out at quarterback, the kid at a buck ninety can play free safety. He's and we had Nathan LaDuke at the time, who was an all American. So, anyways, we get to there. 
Bruce won't promise him that he can play quarterback for at least a year. I said, coach, that's all you got to do. And he's ours, you know? And I'm like, so anyways, they go to junior college. He doesn't start the first game. They wins the next nine, you know, whatever the Juco championships out here. So I go again to coach Snyder and coach Petrino. I said, come on, let's get him. What about Jake? I said, we redshirt him. He has two two years when Jake's gone. It's a no-brainer to me, you know, but I don't maybe see the whole picture. I'm a young college recruiter. Somehow, Ohio State's looking at an offensive lineman there, and the head coach comes out, hey, you need to look at this quarterback. They don't know who Joe Germain is. He goes to Ohio State. I quit ASU, go to scouting. I walk in the building one day, and I ask Coach Coop. I said, how's my man Joey doing? Oh, I don't think he's good enough, Dave. I said, I think I'm going to send him to Eastern Kentucky. I said, Really? And to get a kid hurt in spring ball, Joey moves up to two, rest is history. The nut of the story is Jake's leading the ASU 12-0 at the Rose Bowl, and Joe Germain beats us. He should have never been there. It would have been our only national title. And, and you know, that one, you talk about one getting away that kills you. I was so happy for Joe, and we still talk to this day. But, you know, how about that? And no one's ever <laughs> said No one's ever wanted to talk about, you know, who beat us. You know what I mean? So, so Dave, you didn't you didn't try to get in with Harbaugh out there in uh, L.A. You know, I didn't. Uh, I was kind of waiting until the temperatures went down. I did text him, congrats, and we and we visited after the uh, championship game. But he hasn't hit me yet since he's there. So I'll uh, I'll see. You know, it sounds like he has his mind where he's going with everybody. And you know, I just always was wondering. Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, it'll be interesting how they go out there. Dave, he hired Joe Ortiz. As his GM. I don't know if you knew Joe. You guys, you, Mark and you talked about it. Must be a good dude. So my very first scouting experience as an intern in Philly, okay, you, you this is when we were working together, I, remember, yeah. I went to Millersville's Pro Day, Division II school in Pennsylvania. They had two wide receivers, DeAndre Gilliam and Sean Scott. Remember I've seen them that. play because I went to Bloomsburg. They played the same conference. Right. I just graduated, and you guys hired me as an intern. So I had talked to Mark about this Sean Scott and I said, can I, can I go to this pro day? They have two, you know, it's a local, they're right. an hour down, hour and a half down the road. So um, go with uh, Dave Doherty. He's <laughs> going the Northeast. He knew about him. He was doing the Northeast too. So he's like, let's go work him out. The only other two people that were there were Joe Ortiz and Chad Alexander, who Joe just hired as his assistant GM for wow. LA. Wow. I, that was my very first pro day, and we signed Sean Scott for no money. I remember you signed, and Sean. he made our practice squad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was good. Do you still t- t- stay in touch with Ortiz? Uh, not enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was hey, surprised. I thought maybe I'll send him a clip of the, that story. You, you should. <laughs> there you go. I was, I was surprised he didn't. Tommy Gamble ain't there because that's the, Tom, long time vet. Uh, everything personnel. Yeah, college, he's been NFL. with he's been with Jim, uh, Jim yeah. a long time, and I get John's influence on those, but that had to hurt Tommy a little bit, I would think. Well, the Harbaugh's believe in scouting personnel like we all do, and yeah. I love that about them. They know that's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, they're smart. They, they are. Yep. All right, so Dave, final a prediction: Purdy, Mahomes. Who we got, dude? I got. I, I believe with my heart. I got to go with Purdy, man. Going to go for the upset. I, did, I wanted to ask you, you guys said you talked about it. Who's your pick? Tyler, go ahead. I mean, I'm just drinking that Mahomes Kool-Aid 
drunk off it. I don't see how he loses this game. Hard not to, man. At all. Yeah. How about you, Jimmy? I'm torn to pieces. I'm not. I just don't have. I, I just. You got Drew Brees coming out of you, baby. I'm taking the 49ers, and I hate it. Really? But here's why, Dave. I, I took Josh Allen against Mahomes. Nope. I took Lamar. Nope. So I got to do it at this point. Now I'll I'm take like you. Uh, I, I, I took. Uh, I thought your Bills guy would do it, and I thought Lamar for sure would. But you know, the difference maker for me is who's that running back? Hey, he's been unbelievable in the playoffs. Pacheco, I mean, Pacheco. he looks, yeah. he looks like Pacheco. a little, little, little shit, and all he does is run over and around people, man. <laughs> he's talking about moving the chains at the right times, man. man imagine the moving. kind of pain he's in after a game. Oh, my did, God. Did you see McCafferty's picture, like, after week, the, la- the regular season, his bruises? And t- oh, shit. No, I talked about before on the show. Go into a locker room after a game. It's it's not a it's not a good sight, Tyler. You've been, but go into the training room. It's a different sight. Yeah, guys, the wonder running backs don't last long. You know what I mean? That oh, it's just that's what makes McCaffrey so impressive. He's in what year seven, yeah. and this is his best season. He looks great. Probably like if Lamar would have got robbed of the Heisman, you know that one. When he didn't get it his junior year, South, whatever that I think it was his sophomore year because he came out as junior, that was highway robbery. He, his year was incredible. Returns, receptions, and runs. It, it was it was by far, you know, I've never seen a, a guy put it together like that. Sad. This is phenomenal, Dave. I mean, we can't thank you enough for sharing all these stories. I can be on all day with you guys. Thank you for having me. Always good to see you. Good to meet you. Go Cuse and Orange. And (laughs) and, uh, let's hey, hey, make sure you guys send me an email when I can watch every week. Okay, I'm a fan. Hell yeah, you're you're welcome back anytime. I'll send you guys. Don't worry, you're going to get some uh, Battlehawk hats soon in the mail. As soon as I get mine, you'll get yours. And better be sporting them. All right. Absolutely, man. That place was rocking last year. If you want to have fun, ask ask uh, Jimmy, man. Get Anthony on. He does this stuff, you know. I love, I love this and read. I don't like TV as much because this I feel comfortable here. But Anthony likes it all. But he's he's got, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. We'll get we'll get Anthony on here. Talk tight ends. Yeah. All right, guys. Right, good. Good. good luck. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you, man. Yep. Appreciate y'all.